You are listening to the Catholic Thinkers Podcast, a free treasury of instruction in the Catholic intellectual tradition. If you enjoy this lecture, please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate. This is Father James Scholl, and I would like to continue now and complete the um, lecture, the talks on the introduction to political philosophy. And we will end the particular course. We've gone through the whole course so far with uh, with Plato. And we will take some six or seven classes on Plato. So we will begin uh, with the um, dialogues on the death of Socrates. So I will mention that there is, we're going to do the Republic, the Apology, the Crito, and the Phaedo. So almost everything that Plato did had something to do with the death of Socrates. Every aspect of his death and its characters uh, is gone over again and again in other dialogues. There is also an account of the death of Socrates in Xenophon. Plato wants to know Why did this execution of Socrates happen? How did it happen? Can it happen again? Who is responsible for it? What is essential is to read the Platonic accounts. Read them carefully. So find a book uh, of collection of Plato, or you can find these in independent uh, booklets or books. Each dialogue, uh, probably best to have the basic works of of Plato by the Hackett uh, publishers. So in any case, you want a copy of the particular dialogue. And read them carefully and pay attention to the different characters. What does go on in each dialogue? Every word in any dialogue of Plato is put there for a purpose. Everything relates to something else. Characters in the Apology will appear in the Symposium or have their own dialogues. Plato himself appears in the Apology. Plato is a relatively young man when he writes these three dialogues, not much older than college students are today. Socrates tells us that he is 70 years old. He pictures himself as an old man. So recall the little essay of Cicero on old age that we did before. Recall that Cicero knows about the Socratic um, dimensions of his uh, topic of old age. What does this tell you? Well, it tells you that Cicero also read Plato as we are doing. Everybody must read Plato. Actually, there are four dialogues on the death of Socrates, if we include the Euthyphro, a dialogue whose central figure is Miletus, the main prosecutor of Socrates in the Apology. Miletus might uh, be uh, described as a young and obnoxious twerp, though there is mention uh, in the Apology of Socrates' uh, wanting to know what piety is, uh, but that Miletus and others 
or would not teach him. And this is pertinent because one of the accusations against Socrates in the trial is that he is impious, that is, he does not believe in the god of the city. Know the structure of a Greek or Athenian trial. Who were the jurors? How many were there? Were there lawyers? How was a decision uh, reached, a punishment decided? This account of the trial is not uh, to be considered a strange uh, or a stenographic recording of what went on in the trial. It is the literal uh, presentation of uh, Plato four or five years after the trial in 399 BC. There was a real Socrates, a real Plato. The trial did take place. The drama of the trial is riveting. So we are going to read then the Apology. The three dialogues we will read are the Apology uh, about the trial, the Crato about his stay in jail uh, up to a month awaiting uh, execution and his last day and execution. This execution leads to uh, the later writings of the Republic and other dialogues of Plato. His constant question is, did it have to happen? Will it always happen? I summarize this all by saying, the best existing city, Athens, killed the best man in the city, Socrates. Why did it do so, and how did it do so? The city is politics. Socrates is a philosophy. There is a war or a tension between politics and philosophy. What is its nature? The apology is divided into three parts. The defense, Socrates' proposal of his own punishment, and the final oration to the jury. There are two sets of accusers of Socrates, those whom he calls the old accusers. They have been around a long time, and these include uh, Aristophanes, the comic poet, who pictures Socrates as a sort of intellectual nut. It is the old charge against philosophy. Philosophers go about making the weak arguments sound the strongest. Socrates knows that he cannot bring these accusers before him in court as they are, uh, as they are everyone and part of the human nature almost. The more immediate accusers are three, Miletus, a poet, Ainetus, a prosperous businessman, and Lycon, a lawyer or, or, or orator. Uh, they run the city. They are the politicians, not excluding the members of the democracy itself. The jury has 501 members and votes by majority. It represents the democracy. It is the authority in uh, the sense of, uh, of Simon, that is to say, it is the uh, political authority, as we saw in the book, uh, General Theory of Authority of Yves Simon. The two 
particular accusations are that Socrates does not believe in the gods of the city and hence is an atheist and that he corrupts the youth, especially those whom I call potential philosophers who uh, uh, interest Socrates most of all. That is, Socrates is interested in the souls of the members of the polis, especially uh, those who are young. We might turn away from a boring and basically corrupt life. Not all are capable of change and not willing to change. So we can change, but it isn't necessarily true that we can change. Socrates has to explain his vocation. Why is he as he is? Why doesn't does the city find him so annoying? Why is he uh, so fascinating? Actually, Socrates was pretty ugly, uh, but also uh, pretty interesting. He left no one indifferent to him. Socrates, as we shall see in the Phaedo, had a wife. Uh, we see uh, here in the Apology uh, that he had three sons, two smaller and one just becoming a teenager. He married late, evidently. He was also uh, known as a lousy husband and father, but this has to uh, be taken carefully. Socrates explains his vocation uh, to the life of philosophy, originally to speculative philosophy and uh, the nature of the heavens, but later to ethics, how to live. It turns out that one of Socrates' friends, Caiaphron, uh, now dead, once was in Delphi and asked the oracle there who was the wisest man in Greece. And the answer was Socrates. So when this news reached Athens, Socrates was quite um, surprised. So this is the, what he tells us in the Apology. Uh, Socrates um, himself figured that he knew nothing. This is the origin of negative philosophy or theology. We know what we do not know. It's a paradox in that sense. To prove the oracle wrong, that is to say that Socrates was the wisest man in Greece, to prove him wrong, Socrates sets off to examine those whom <clears throat> local folks uh, say are wise and are happy. These turn out to be the poet, the craftsman, and the orator, his accusers, in other words. On examination, it turns out that none of these uh, but the craftsmen, that is to say, Anitas, know anything. And even he, the craftsman, though he knows how to make a chair, thinks that his knowledge enables him to speak on everything. This turns out to be the reason why Socrates is disliked. He appears arrogant, even though he claims that he is just trying to find out what the truth is. 
As to the two charges, Socrates first explains that he is not uh, an atheist. He believes in spiritual things. The little problem here is that these are not uh, necessarily the famous gods of the city, Athena and so forth, but rather philosophy. When it comes to corrupting the youth, he tells us that he is not a teacher, not a sophist. Uh, he takes no money, takes no fees for his uh, conversation. What happens is that the potential philosophers, the young uh, age of the normal student, uh, the sons of the poet, the craftsman, and the lawyer, enjoy listening to Socrates, best the citizens in the street who claim that they are wise, but are not on examination. It is a good show. Uh, they go home, that is to say, the students, the young uh, men, go home to supper, and there they imitate Socrates by quizzing their fathers. Their fathers get mad and blame Socrates for disturbing the order of regime of the home and the city. Socrates claims that he is a gadfly in the city. His vocation is to be sure that the greatest issues are brought forth, even if they are not welcome. If he is killed, the city will sleep and never know uh, what man is. But the essence of, so of so uh, Socratic doctrine is that it is never right to do wrong. Socrates will will not uh, participate in doing wrong, though he may have to suffer for it. This point is brought out in the famous story of Leon of Salamis, uh, which is in, again, the Apology. A general was a general in the Peloponnesian War. In that war, a naval defeat uh, caused many dead bodies in the water. The rule of the, of the uh, law was that these bodies had to be picked up and buried or burned. The generals did not do this, uh, so they were tried and found guilty. However, Socrates thought that the trial of ten together and not separately uh, was against the Athenian law. Uh, he would not participate. He was ordered to go over and pick up Leon uh, for execution in Salamis, as an island off of Athens. <clears throat> but he refused to go, uh, as it was wrong. And he tells us that he would have to uh, would have been killed sooner, but that the government fell, so he was safe. The only time that Socrates lived as a puppet man was in the trial of Leon though Socrates was in the although he was in the army during the Peloponnesian War and he was doing the service in the war he did service at Delium Partidea and in Pythilus, uh battles which you can read in Thucydides the latter battle comes up in the symposium uh, with respect to Alcibiades <clears throat> the most fascinating and corrupt of the followers of Socrates. Indeed, one of the reasons that Socrates was disliked was because of the 
record of Alcibiades, the most intelligent and handsome but most tyrannical souled of Socrates's followers. In any case, the vote is taken, and Socrates proposes uh, an alternative sentence. Uh, Socrates is condemned to death uh, by the jury, but he speaks finally to the, and he speaks finally uh, to the jury. Where are you, uh, the present-day reader, in this peroration of Socrates? Everyone, every student appears somewhere in the apology of Socrates. He should find out where. That is, is he a Miletus? Uh, would he have uh, voted for the death of Socrates? But in any case, that Socrates uh, suggests uh, that his um, punishment uh, should be merely a uh, free room and board at the town expense because he didn't do anything. But Socrates is finally uh, condemned, so the last oration is very moving. Then we come to the apology and the crito. Let me continue a bit with these two dialogues. It's important to remember that Plato writes um, this dialogue when he uh, when he is still young. The impact of the total of the trial and uh, conclusion never left him. Socrates is seen to be a citizen of Athens, not a very productive one. Uh, he has no visible job. He is not considered a good father or husband in the sense of a good provider. However, he seems to have been a faithful husband, and obviously uh, he is concerned with his boys, his children. With regard to the accusation of by not escaping or perjuring himself uh, in the Crito, so he could, have, he could have escaped if he would have uh, done what they said, um, or accepting death in the apology. He is, uh, some accuse him for doing this, uh, by that he's neglecting his sons. I would present this reflection. Several years ago, I had a Scandinavian student in class who, on reading this incident, uh, when Socrates uh, chooses death rather than taking care of his sons, as they said he should, um, he was quite uh, incensed at Socrates. But if you ask yourself, if you were Socrates' son, would you really want him to stay alive at the cost of his vocation, at the cost of philosophy? If you would, this is Hobbes. After all, the fear of violent death is the worst evil in Hobbes. And Socrates' son, much more ennobled by his death, than had he escaped uh, to Thebes or someplace else and been um, uh, said to be uh, admit that he was wrong. Socrates was a soldier in the Peloponnesian War against Sparta. He served his city when called on. He was in the battles of Delium and Amphipolis, uh, neither very uh, successful battles, uh, as I recall, a citizen does not leave a city 
if he fights in the city's army, even overseas. He is still under the law of his own polity, his own city. Again and again, I note in these passages, when you come across them, Socrates will say that it is never right to do wrong. The notion that it is right to do wrong uh, for a personal or political purpose is Machiavelli, or it is Thrasymachus in Book One of the Republic, which we will see. The alternative to doing wrong is to suffer wrong. To suffer wrong is not evil. That is to say, it is not moral evil, whereas to do wrong is. Socrates sees himself as a private citizen. He says that if he were a public citizen, he would have been killed in Athens long before. As he is a private citizen, however, he is still hauled into court, uh, the organ, which is an organ of the city, because of the accusation of corrupting the youth, the potential philosophers whom Socrates is interested in changing their souls. Socrates is seen to be a danger uh, to the actual city of Athens. If potential philosophers follow him, uh, they uh, will change the nature of the regime. And why does Socrates not accept a fine or banishment or time in jail? <clears throat> the citizens of Athens really did not want to execute him, but he forces them to do this because of what they considered his intransigence. All he had to do was is to lie or cease uh, to be a philosopher and hence violate uh, the voice uh, that he received from Delphi, his vocation. Uh, and this uh, was uh, uh, indirectly from this vocation who said that he was the wisest man in Greece and as a result of this, he went out and wanted to know whether that was true. Notice when he examines those who are said to be wise in Athens, they, they find that they do not know what they think they know. He knows the limits of his knowledge, and he knows that he does not know everything. This does not mean that he knows nothing. He has learned things from examining others. Those whom he examines, however, claim to know things that they do not know. The poet, the craftsman, and the uh, orator, lawyer, <coughs> run the city, and the jury represents the city on a rotating basis. The potential philosophers are the sons of these politicians. If we have time, see my essay called The Death of Plato, which was in the American Scholar in the summer of 1966. Socrates sees his life as a philosopher, as one of keeping the highest things before the citizens who otherwise would go about merely uh, pedestrian businesses. He is a gadfly. He prods the citizens to examine their lives. The, the unexamined life is not worth living, as he tells them uh, after the first vote in a famous passage. The unexamined life is not worth living. That is to say, we have to 
uh, know what we do and be conscious of it. Is the life of Socrates worth living? Socrates plays with the city after uh, the first vote <clears throat> that he is guilty. For a punishment, he says that he should have free room and board at the expense of the town. Of course, this response infuriates uh, the accusers and many of the jury. But Socrates calmly tells them that he has no uh, place else to go. And besides, he won't, he won't do anything unjust, um, like saying that he was guilty of corrupting the youth or being an atheist. He taught nobody, and he believed in spiritual things. Free room and board were only a just reward for his work in the city. Besides, if he went uh, to a civilized city like Thebes and told, uh, told them why he was there, that is say that he was banished from Athens for being a philosopher, Thebes would not let him uh, into the uh, 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 city if he continued to be a philosopher. Uh, but that was his vocation, so there was really no place else to go. In the Crito, it is suggested that he can go to Thessaly, that is, to an uncivilized city uh, with a barbarian king who wanted Socrates uh, to perform tricks for him. The point is that in a barbarian kingdom, there is no one to talk to. You need a city uh, to have real conversation, especially about the highest thing. When the second vote is taken, which decides that Socrates is to die, <clears throat> notice how his playful mood changes. After thanking those who supported him, he looks straight at the jury, which is, represents the city of Athens, and tells them that wherever they, this trial is known from now on down the ages, this includes you and me, thanks to Plato. Uh, everyone will uh, accuse the Athenians uh, uh, to be those who killed the philosopher. The best existing city kills the best man, the philosopher. <clears throat> Socrates then tells them uh, to take care of his boys. He reflects, like Cicero later, that death is either an annihilation or immortality. <clears throat> if the former, no worry. And if the latter, he will be able to continue chatting about important things with Homer and Radamantos and the other heroes. In other words, he will continue doing what he had always had done. He concludes with the famous passage, Now we go... I to die and you to live, and which as the better uh, which is the better is known only to God. Strauss, Leo Strauss notes that this is the only Platonic dialogue to end with the word God, while the uh, long um, dialogue the laws is the only one to begin with the word God. Finally, we come to the Crito. 
The cradle has two steps. The first, the relation of Socrates and his good friend, and the good friend of his own age, Crito, a rich and worthy man who is worried about the reputation, worried about his reputation, if he does not put up the cash to get Socrates out of jail. A few drachmas slipped to the jailer would do it. Everyone knows this possibility, and therefore, if Socrates stays in jail, and gets killed, people will think that Crito was a piker, and Crito did not want them to think that, that he was uh, willing to help his friend Socrates get out of jail. So the drama has to do with why doesn't Socrates then accept this? <clears throat> Socrates seems to have spent about a month in jail while the ceremonial boat goes to Crete uh, to uh, commemorate the Athenians being freed from the Minotaur. The burden of the Crito is uh, Socrates' effort uh, to convince Crito and um, hence us uh, that it was not right for him, uh, once condemned by a legal trial, to escape by bribery. The only just way would be for the city to free him. Again, it is never right to do wrong. It is this uh, principle that all real uh, political systems from Machiavelli on have um, uh, to confront. Machiavelli recognizes this. This is why, as Strauss says, Machiavelli, Machiavelli is a teacher of evil. Socrates tells Crito that he is born under the Athenian laws. His parents were married under these laws, uh, as was he. He would have uh, left; he could have left at any time, and thus, here is an implied contract. That is, the first appearance of this idea of contract theory between Socrates and the city. <clears throat> if he says. Uh, in the city, he has agreed to live under its laws, even if they work against him. Uh, recall uh, what we said about Rousseau. Uh, so Socrates chooses to stay in the city and suffer death according to its laws. This choice is the only way that he can uh, suggest that there might be something wrong with the initial judgment against him, which we all feel sure is the case. Uh, there is no legal uh, fault in the trial of Socrates, but there still seems to be something wrong. Uh, by dying, Socrates is teaching us something about staying alive at all costs. The final uh, dialogue is the Phaedo. His last day in jail. This is the dialogue, a long dialogue, and is basically about the immortality of the soul. It is, in a way, a second, uh, perhaps a third trial, if we count the discussion with Crito as a trial. Note who is present in jail 
on the last day of Socrates. There are four dialogues on the death of Socrates. Again, the Euthyphro, the Apology of Socrates, the Crito, and the Phaedo. The Phaedo recounts the last day of Socrates in jail and his execution according to the laws of Athens. Socrates dies calmly. He was more calm than his friends. Be sure to notice who is present at the last day. Notice what Evenos asks. Evenos uh, appeared in the Apology as the man who charged a hefty fee for teaching the youth. Thus, he was a sophist, someone unlike Socrates, who took money for what he taught. Socrates remarked several times to him to his, uh, uh, on his poverty. One cannot help but think, however, that Socrates was rich and what counts. Political philosophy begins with the account of the trial of Socrates. We have read a number of books. The meaning of the course of uh, these reflections uh, and what we read will not be clearer to you uh, unless you have read each book. You might be puzzled by uh, reading Plato last, but that uh, should uh, become clear. Uh, the reason for it should become clear. The most important day in the, is the last. most important day in class is the last. It is the end of our beginning, as T.S. Eliot said. Notice that Aristotle, Cicero, Augustine, Aquinas, among others, are obviously familiar with Socrates and the trial. What does this mean? There are a number of ways of life, vocations. That is, the way of the father and the mother, the way of the craftsman or the businessman, the way of the priest or the prophet, the way of the sophist, the way of the politician, the way of the soldier, the way of the philosopher. Recall from whence Socrates' own vocation arises in the Apology, from the Delphic Oracle. Socrates insists that he should remain a private citizen. Why? He is asked uh, to give up his vocation for the peace of the city. The trial is of Socrates, the philosopher, before the court of the best existing city at the time. Did Socrates upset the order of the polity? The first trial is before uh, citizens. He is convicted or as charged. That is, he is convicted of corrupting the youth and uh, of being an atheist. That is, of not believing in the gods of the city. He also claims that there is an ancient uh, prejudice against philosophers, the old accusers, of making the weaker side of an argument the stronger. Socrates thinks in the Apology that he benefits the city. He compares himself to a gadfly. Why? Because the gadfly bites the horse and makes it jump and keeps it alert. He also says that the unexamined life is not worth living. What does he mean by examining one's life? 
Where is each of us uh, present in the apology? Notice his change of mood after the second sentence. Notice, too, what Socrates says of his sons. Socrates gives a number of accounts of his life uh, before meeting Plato. His life as a soldier, as a soldier, is in the Apology, and his account of his uh, cosmological investigations near the end of the Phaedo. How old is Socrates at his death? Is this significant? Why did not the city let him die of old age? <clears throat> Recall Cicero. Did Socrates live a complete life? Who was Crito? One can say that um, the first trial of Socrates is before the citizens of Athens, the second before Crito. Uh, what was the basic problem of Crito? Why does Socrates think it wrong to escape the laws of Athens? There is also some autobiography of Socrates in the Crito. For instance, he tells us of his birth and of his uh, uh, staying in Athens. Why does he not accept banishment to civilized city like Thebes or an uncivilized place like Thessaly? Hobbes said that the uh, most basic human motivation is fear, a uh, fear of violent death. Does this apply to Socrates? Why is he so calm? That is indeed the topic of discussion in the Phaedo. Does Socrates have uh, courage? Is he pious? Recall the name given to uh, Aeneas in Virgil, Pius Aeneas. Piety is a virtue, is a variety of the virtue of justice. That is, what we owe uh, in cases where we cannot strictly return exactly what is due particularly to our parents or to the gods. Still, something must be returned. Does Socrates uh, do pious things, and where? Socrates spends about a month in jail, waiting for a boat to return. He talks daily to his friends. They are unhappy, but not for the same reason that Crito is unhappy. This is a staged dialogue. That is, a dialogue within a dialogue. That a dialogue that, that is the fatalism. It takes place in the Peloponnesus uh, territory in the small town of Phileas. The people there have heard of the execution, but not the details of it. Uh, there was no TV then. Phaedo has been there, though, and been at the trial, and gives his report. He loves to speak of Socrates. To be a philosopher is to love to speak uh, with Socrates. And recall the young Augustine, at about 19 years old, who wakes up on reading a dialogue of Cicero. He wants to be a philosopher as a result. Socrates is primarily concerned with the potential philosophers. We are, what are they? The Phaedo 
is rather a long dialogue that discusses the immortality of the soul. Why this topic? There are four arguments for immortality. Separation of the soul and body, the reincarnation thesis or recollection, the uh, dissolution of the soul at death, and finally, the attunement. Simeus and Cebes are worried about these arguments and whether they are valid. Notice Antiphrates. Socrates is not considered to be a good husband or father. One cannot but sympathize with Xantippe, his wife, however, as he must have been a difficult man. <clears throat> and she tells him, however, uh, that this is an uh, important day for him because it is the last day, a memorable passage, in which he'll be able to talk to his friends. And how is Socrates executed? And there is the third trial of Socrates before whom? Before the the potential philosophers, and why? The execution of Socrates is an end and a beginning. Everyone will probably at some time uh, find himself to be in a character in such a trial. Remember, wise Thebes uh, does not accept the banished philosopher. Is the trial uh, of Athens merely a trial of Athens, or is it universal? Near the end of the Phaedo, there is a discussion of the punishment of evil. Why is this uh, brought out? Notice, too, that Socrates says, what Socrates says about the origin of all things in mind. Socrates has the theory of cognition that tries to explain the uh, permanence and unchangeability of forms. This is what Nietzsche uh, did not like. As a uh, general rule, if Socrates is wrong, he is not very wrong. Aristotle and Aquinas will reflect on this knowledge thesis of Socrates and Plato, and so will Augustine. The question is whether Socrates had to die. Was it his fault? There is a discussion near the beginning of the Phaedo of whether Socrates uh, promotes suicide or whether he is committing suicide. Uh, what is his position here? Socrates defines philosophy as a preparation for dying. He calls philosophy uh, <clears throat> amusingly, as the philosopher amusingly is already a man who is half dead. Again, his basic thesis is this. It is never right to do wrong. A positive uh, principle, and, and as a physician he argued in the Apology, and more graphically in the Crido. It is against this thesis uh, that much of philosophy and politics is directed. Ultimately, this is what the clash of Socrates in Athens is about, or more broadly, the clash of truth and politics. The deaths of Socrates and Christ are both before the best cities of their time. Neither trial was illegal as such. Recall the chapter on death, on the death of Christ and Socrates, 
in at the limits of political philosophy. The question becomes, will it be possible to avoid this clash? At what cost? Plato, in his works, uh, begins here and uh, returns to this. And so this question then uh, is what is, we are left with uh, when we read the three dialogues to, on the death of Socrates. Uh, is it possible to avoid this clash or the clash between politics and philosophy, one that is uh, always to take place? We hope you enjoyed listening to Catholic Thinkers. Please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate to help us keep this content free.